Hey, 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 under the influence fam. What's going on? I just got a text from my best friend that literally says, you deserve sunshine always, baby. A shout out to Molly Odell. Thanks for always making my day. So hi, guys. I'm excited always about, you know, this podcast, about the guests that we have on. It's literally been such a fun project for me. And I I feel like I'm honestly learning so much just by listening to these interviews and engaging with new people. And I, I again, I've told you how grateful I am, but I'm so grateful for all you guys and for listening and for keeping me doing it because it's been such a learning and growing experience for me. There's also been something that's been kind of on my heart lately that I really wanted to share and talk about. Our next guest is Lexi Lomax, and she is just the greatest business mind. I've known her forever. She was actually my first boss, and she's just somebody that I look to for inspiration, and um, I just truly admire. So one of the things that's kind of just been on my heart lately is that you know we have really I have built, you know, two brands. I've built the influence movement and I've built Ekis Marketing. And within the last couple months, we've been growing through some crazy growing pains, just kind of restructuring the company inside and out. I'm really kind of asking myself if this is something that I want to continue doing for the rest of my life. You know, and is, is this something that still sets my soul on fire the way it did, you know, when I first decided to, you know, launch an LLC with my last name on it and do marketing and do social media. And, you know, I've been struggling with this idea of maybe, you know, maybe, you know, this is really, really hard. These are points in my life where I'm very stressed out. I'm not sleeping as well as I, you know, was sleeping. You know, I'm having to pivot. I'm having to grow. I'm having to learn. I'm having to think on my feet and really, you know, be within that grind every single day. And one of the things that was just such a learning experience for me, and I feel like it was such a good piece of advice and value, and I wanted to kind of tell everybody, is that no one knows your business as well as you do. And in the end, you know, you can go out and you can seek other advice from everybody. You can, you know, have coaches, you can have mentors, but at the end of the day, you know, the ins and out of your business, you know, the guts, you know, what what you're made of and you know what you're capable of. And with that being said, I think that it's so important to listen to yourself and to trust your gut and to really believe in what you're capable of doing when it comes into business. No one knows your business better than you and no nobody as much as as much as they want to give all this kind of advice and they want to tell you how to run your company or they want to tell you what to do or they you know they want to give their opinions about what the best next step is ultimately you have the power to make that final decision and that's a decision that you have to be happy with and that you have to feel you know happy with it at the end of the day. And one of the best things that Lexi says in this episode is that, you know, in the end, it's you and your business. At the end of the day, it is you and it is your business and it is what you created. And are you going to be happy with that outcome? Are you going to be happy with what you decide? So without, you know, any more mention of that, I want to get into this episode and I just wanted to share kind of that struggle that I'm going through right now. And just let you guys know that, you know, it's a grind, it's a hustle, it's, you know, it's 
it's a long, long, slow dance, you know, building a business and running it and constantly having to adjust and shift and grow. And, you know, you're going to go through growing pains. You're going to go through struggle, but you're also going to go through days where you're literally going to pump your fist in the air and be like, fuck yeah, I did it. You know, I landed that client. I made that money. I got that profit. You know, I got that segment or that news piece or that media. And those are the things too, that keep you going. And those are the things too, that you're, you know, at the end of the day, you are capable of doing. So let's go ahead and get into our episode. I'm so excited to chat with Lexi. Again, Lexi is somebody that I've known for so many years. She's an kick-ass salon business owner that just launched her amazing beauty professional coaching business. She has a mastermind. She has courses. She does speaking. She's even thinking about doing a podcast. She is just a wealth and fountain of knowledge. And she is somebody that I love and I truly adore. And I just love her business brain. I love everything that she has to offer. And I love that she's offering this amazing coaching because she's been in this industry and she knows this industry for over 13 years. So let's get right down into it. Under the Influence Podcast is all about bringing together brands, influencers, thought leaders, and communities to inspire and empower a positive impact. Each week, I will dive into the power of influence over the ever-changing, trend-chasing, and slightly obsessed entrepreneurial and influencer community. We talk insider tips, tricks, the latest buzz, and even our top not-so-secret happy hour cocktails. My name is Whitney Eckes. I'm the owner and founder of Eckes Marketing and the Influence Movement, and we are about to get under the influence. Hey guys, and welcome back to Under the Influence Podcast. Today, I have my longtime friend slash one of my first bosses slash beauty expert coach phenomenon, Lexi Lomax on the show today. I'm so excited to chat with her and talk with her. Lexi has known me for a really long time. I've always looked to her for an inspiration and she's just been just a total, total girl boss, even back before girl boss was a popular overused word. So Lexi, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. So pumped. That was, that was a very sweet intro. Of course. Um, yeah, I mean, I kind of wanted to chat a little bit about that because I feel like that's such a fun thing is that you actually gave me one of my first jobs. I was a receptionist at your salon. That's true. That is so funny because I forget that. Like when we're talking and stuff, I forget that you worked at the salon. I know. And that we were, we were you're actually my neighbor for a period of point two. That was fun. Totally. It was great. So yeah, I know. Small world. Um, so tell us about you. I mean, you've owned, you've owned Ula La Salon in San Diego for about what, 13 years? Yeah, 13 years for sure. I opened it kind of just, I mean, I wanted to own a business. I mean, I grew up, both of my parents were entrepreneurs, literally both sides of my grandparents, all four of them entrepreneurs. It was just like the only thing I really knew. And my grandmother at one point owned some salons in Arizona. And I always thought that that was super fun. And to be honest, I grew up in the salon. That, that was the business she had when I was a little girl. And we were with family all the time and over there. And then when it became time for me to like, hey, I'm going to have my own business after like a couple of 
tried and failures and all little things and things I didn't know what I was doing, I had an opportunity to open the salon and I just thought, okay, I can do that. I'm like, why can't I do that? And I was 19 when I started planning to open the salon. And then by the time we really opened, I was probably, I was 20 and turned 21 shortly thereafter. That's amazing. And then, so from there, I mean, you've been, you've had this super successful salon and now you're a beauty business coach. Tell us what, first off, how did you become a beauty business coach and you know, why did you see a need for this? So, well, like I said, I was 20 when I opened the salon. And so I've had a lot of experiences since then, but also I think that like gumption or naivety or just like playing crazy that I had being so young has taught me a lot of things. And I had to face some adversity in the beginning because I was so young and people didn't take me seriously. And so then I had to work like twice as hard to prove it. Right. I think that was like in my head, probably, probably no one really cared what I was doing, but you know, I kept going and learning and failing and learning and failing and growing. And so all of these things, this all happened like, you know, right. I opened right before the recession and then my business was still doing well. And people were like, okay, wait a minute. Like, what's this chick doing? And so people just started asking me, you know, Hey, can you help me with this? Hey, I have a question about that. Hey, this, Hey, that. And I was just willing to help them. And then I realized like, wait, this comes so easily to me. And also why are these people asking me, you know? And so I started to kind of like look at that and thought, I think I need to turn this into something more. Yeah. I mean, that's, I love to, I mean, one of the things that me and you even were kind of chatting about was that you, you had so many people approaching you and then you even were training your staff, right? Like you were even coaching some people that were inside of your salon on how to run their businesses more efficiently in the beauty industry. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. So not only was I having people outside of the salon and various businesses ask me, but I created a program that would help. It really just, I created it to help me because if my staff were doing better then I was doing better, I mean, I'm very, I'm huge on like my team having success because if my team is not having success, neither am I. And I think that that was one of my like main mantras from the very beginning, even though like 13 years ago, nobody knew what a freaking mantra was. Um, (laughs) But you know, I just would say that like, okay, I can't like, this is our salon. This is something that I really like honed in on without doing it really intentionally. It was just something that it mattered so much to me that they would do well because at this point, I wasn't doing hair. I just graduated from UCSD and I own a salon. That's all I do. So like I needed them to do well, even though maybe I was a bigger cheerleader than what they definitely like thought that they wanted, but I pushed them and they all grew. And then now I have a thriving assistant program. I've had five, six girls, I guess, go through, um, in the last few years and it just jumpstarts their beauty career to get, they don't have to wait. They don't have to fail. They don't, I mean, they're going to some little things, of course, because we all do in business, but they kill it right away because they've got like a tried and true proven system. And so that's kind of where I am now with sharing that with others. Yeah. So tell us about, I mean, you know, and for those that don't know, you know, anything about salons or, you know, doing hair, doing makeup or being in the beauty industry, why is it so important to have coaching? Well, so you're probably like, if you go, everybody that's listening probably has been in a salon. So they go in a salon and they've probably been in various salons and they've all had different experiences. And so one of the things that's 
brings people to the beauty industry to have a career as a beauty professional generally is their love for beauty, like hair, makeup, skincare. Like they don't do it because they love business. They do it because they're an artist. And so it's a real challenge. And I think something that's just beginning to emerge in the beauty industry is that we must, and especially here in California, because there's all kinds of laws and stuff that are making people have to be more independent um, in that they would be like a booth renter or an independent stylist or something along those lines. And it's crazy because people don't know how to do that or they think that they know, but then all of a sudden you're running a business and you're not getting to do that thing you love or you're not doing either very well because it's a struggle. And so to have somebody say like, here's the blueprint, just do this and then stick to your craft so that the services remain excellent and you don't get like whack hair, funky skincare, whatever, right? Independent person can run their business by themselves, but also successfully. I love that. And I love that you talk about creative side versus the business side, because you're right, you know, they're, they're in, they're in that industry for their craft and, you know, not a lot of, you know, I mean, even, I mean, even starting your own business is so difficult. You know, you have this product or you have this service that you want to go after and managing both and juggling both, especially when you're creative, I can imagine it could be so, I'm sure there's just so many hurdles to overcome. So many hurdles. I always say like you love making like these artistic, like crazy inlaid guitars, right? You mm-hmm. love to make guitars and then you open a business making guitars and you never make another guitar. Yeah. Like that's just what happens except that you need a plan so that you get to still do what you love. And that's really what I think I've mastered at this point and, and to help people be great at their craft. And I could teach them technically now, but I, that's not what I want to do. Right. We're working on business side because the rest of it, they better know how to do anyways. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) I love that so much. Oh, just that like at, at that point, like if you don't, if you don't have a craft, like there's no reason to build your business because it's not, I mean, like that would be a struggle to begin with. So I work primarily with people who, who are established in their business, just want to take it to the next level. I love that. I think that's so great. So tell me a little bit about, you know, where your passion comes from, you know, for not only running, I mean, cause you still are operating the salon, but now you're traveling, you're, you know, you're doing a business coaching thing. I mean, there even might be a little talk that you might launch a podcast. Tell us, tell us about where all that passion kind of stems from. You know, I just get bored so easy. it is just like total entrepreneur ADD like oh there's a squirrel I was recording a video this morning and I looked in the video and I saw that like this piece of art was coming out the top of my head and I just like derailed the whole thing you know like I just get bored and so I always have to challenge myself and so like all my girlfriends would be like what what are you doing now you know, but I had to learn like now as an adult that you can't hop and jump. And so I just go deeper now. So like, okay, I've did this, open the salon. Then I help my staff. Then now I'm going to create this program. Now I'm going to go deeper with that and share that with other people. But really, I mean, so that's how I ended up getting to where I am now because I was bored just running the salon, if I'm being completely honest. I mean, I have that entrepreneurial ADD, but I also really like a challenge. And I don't, I get crazy bored if I'm not being stimulated in a challenging way. And so I just, that pushed me to like create this, 
this stuff. And then it happened kind of organically where other people were asking for help too. So that worked out great to, to hone me in. But as an adult, I realized you can't hop around. Like you've got to stick with it. And I mean, I have this commitment to the staff and to, I mean, I own my building, so I can't really walk away from that. And and so I figured, how am I going to do this? And, and it really comes from the fact that once I got to meet these people and I knew I couldn't go do something else, like go, go back to school and become like a lawyer or something, right? Like that, those are the crazy ideas I had at one point that I want to help women in the beauty industry fulfill their dreams and what they want for their life using the systems that I created in order for me to do the same thing in my life. And I don't think that I was given these experiences or opportunities and even failures to hoard them. Like I have to share them because it's possible for everybody. And I really a hundred percent believe that. And so it's, it's really exciting that my ADD has pushed me to be able to share something that I am so passionate about and to help people in their lives. I love that so much. I love that you took something from your own experience of running a business and, you know, made it, made it available for others that are going through the same thing. I think that's one of the smartest services and product options when running your business, because like you said, you not only have created this awesome, valuable tool, but you created something that you needed at one point. Absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't be sitting in my beautiful office right now if it weren't for these systems that I teach, you know, like it just, it's full circle. I love that. So who do you feel like was the most influential person in your life when you started your business? Oh gosh, definitely my parents. Oh, I love your parents. I had to put that in there. Okay, continue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody though, right? Like you learn, like stuff changes on the daily in business. So basically, I mean, the stylist at the salon, huge. And I like, there have been so many, so I have 25 now. Oh my gosh. But man, there were some weirdos back in the beginning that without them, <laughs> I'm not kidding. And I'm sure you can think of some, but there, there were some people that without them and without their weird stuff and their intricacies and all of that, I don't think I'd be where I am. Yeah. No, I like, 100%. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, you just, you have to, to learn from like every experience and every person you come into contact with. I think there's something you can take away, whether it's something to emulate or something to like stare clear of. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. You know, it's like it's like the you know, it's the tough ones or like you said the ones that have different things going on that make you a better business owner or that teach you those lessons that you need to learn. Leadership. It's like how do you become a good leader, you know, even if you have a real team or if you have a digital team, like you have to take care of people and like taking care of people while you have somebody that's trying to sink your ship. And so, you know, I mean, all those things are very real in business, you know? Yeah, for sure. If you had to give our audience or our listeners like one piece of business advice, what would it be? Ooh. I mean, have a plan and keep going because and, and be ready for change. So whatever your plan is and your vision is, execute it to the best of your ability, but know that it's going to change and you have to be nimble. You have to be quick on your feet. So have backup plans, have worst case scenarios and what you're going to do when you hit that worst case scenario for every aspect of your business, because it's going to happen. Something's going to change. You never really hit your worst case scenario. I mean, thank goodness I'm knocking on wood, but my imagination is also wild. But 
like your worst case scenario is not going to be your reality. And so if you're, if you have a plan for that, even though you also have a plan for like your best case scenario, you'll be able to land on your feet wherever you are and whatever challenges and hurdles you have in your business. Wow. That was, that was an amazing piece of advice. And I think that a lot of times we don't think about those things. I think too, like you said, like entrepreneurs, we're so ADD. We're so ready to get started. We're so in it that sometimes we don't create those backup plans. We don't, we don't think about what happens when we have to pivot or go a different direction. Or, you know, if we go through growing pains or, you know, if something does happen with somebody, you know, an employee or a coworker or what, you know, whatever it is, I don't think that a lot of people think that way. And I think that's actually a really, really important fundamental aspect of, you know, having your own business. Yeah. I mean, you have to be ready for everything, (laughs) even though you don't want to be. It's just, you kind of have to be. I was talking with one of my coaching clients who's not actually in the beauty business and she was kind of shook by something that happened. And I said, look, if that has you this upset, you may want to reevaluate if you're, may, if you're up for this. Yeah. And I mean, that's a horrible thing to tell somebody who's so excited about their dream. But at the, at the end of it, she said, no, I can do it. And she like figured it out and you have to learn how to control your emotions and that too. But it was definitely, I mean, something that I've always dealt with because when you deal with people, there's always unexpected stuff. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's kind of funny. I I don't want to say, I don't want to say that it's like I'm jaded or I'm numb, but you do have to, you develop such a thick skin. And like, I mean, again, you had it, you had entrepreneurial parents and so did I. So I feel like growing up, we were always taught that, you know, like there was a, there was a lack of emotion that you needed to have when it came to your business because it wasn't personal. It was business. Right. Well, and in the in this beauty industry, we have a lot more women than men, right? Yeah. And so sometimes they're and again, like at the at the end of the day, in my salon, I allow these women to run their business within mine, and so like things can get emotional and things can get crazy. And that was one of the first things that that I instilled in myself was like my business has no feelings. I have feelings and I, I care for you, but at the end of the day, my business has none. So this is the plan. This is what you signed. This is whatever. And don't violate the agreement. I don't like whatever you have going on emotionally is yours. <laughs> that's no, that's such a good, and that, you know, I, and that's such a good tip because, you know, we, like you said, like women, you know, there may be a little bit more emotions in a woman operated business. You know, a lot of women have more passion than men when it comes to creating something that is their own, you know? And so having those, I love that you kind of talked about the agreement or letting the contract or things like that guide the relationship and not letting it get emotional because, and I think that's such a good piece of value because I think people don't talk about that. Well, it's hard because everybody wants to get their feelings tied up in it and be nice and take care of people. But at the end of the day, who is taking care of you? Yeah. And and I am also pretty callous. And like, I would say like, they're always like, watch out, you know, if Lexi gets serious. But, but at the end of the day, like, I'm not here to be your mommy. So no. like, we have to take care of ourselves and our business specifically because we work so hard to make it grow. And after 13 years, in this, I can tell you that the people come and go, contracts go, whatever, but you will still be there in your business. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's really simple. 
No, I, I, but I think it's so necessary. And I think that we forget that. I think too, when you're so close to something and you grow something, you have so much attachment to it that it's very easy to let those wave of emotions get the best of you and to not be very, like you said, like at the end of the day, it's not necessarily about, you know, making sure everyone's okay. It's about making, you know, it's, it's what's going to be left at the end of the day. And like you said, that's your business still operate within like principles and of integrity, right? Like, right. No, yeah, 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 yeah. So tell me about, I mean, so now you're doing this awesome beauty industry coaching. You're helping all these women. You have this awesome, awesome course and mastermind going on. Tell me about how you're seeing this wave of social media impact this new business. So it's, it's interesting because I had such success on a physical plane, right? Like, mm-hmm. in, like brick and mortar is my jam. Like I know how to do that. And with social, it's huge in the beauty industry right now. I would say that it's actually changing the face of the beauty industry because not the, the best artist, again, isn't always the best at social media. So it's really interesting uh, how it's affecting the business in the salon for sure. Like it's flipped it on its head, absolutely, into the point where like some salons are closing and people are going independent because they can just run off the industry. So it's for me on the coaching side, it makes it so great that I can find people and that they can find me to connect because now you have these people that have left a salon to go be their own thing because they're a big wig now with this huge clientele that they built off of Instagram, but they still don't know how to run their business. And so it's or they're taking on new challenges that they didn't expect, right? When they, when they went to owning their own place and not having a salon owner to to guide them or help them. And, and so it's certainly amazing for me. I mean, I can't tell you how much, I mean, how many people I have like all these new best friends, right. (laughs) That I'm working with in their business just because of the internet, Yeah, you know, and social media totally. So it's pretty cool. I'm, I'm like, I'm very grateful to be alive and doing this right now. Oh, I love that so much. And I think you're so right. Like, I love the fact that social media is such a connector. Where do you see it going? Do you feel like it's going to be around for a while? Tell me about, you know, where, where do you kind of see it going? So I kind of see like people in my industry specifically getting like a little bit like bored. And I think maybe people across the board, even my husband and I were just saying like, we wish Instagram would go back to the old way before the algorithm. So you just saw what you wanted to see. But I understand like (laughs) that's not good for everybody, right? (laughs) For those, like if you're using ads or whatever, right? So, but there's something like, I think people are kind of getting like tired of even some of the forced stuff, even if it's like very authentically forced. Um, so I think it'll just get even more real because I think like I'm an old millennial, right? Like I think I'm at the very beginning of being a millennial and I think that like we want real, but we still want like a little polish. But I, I think that the younger generations see right through all that polish and they just want like nitty gritty, like, authentic you. So I think that we'll just continue to go in that trend. And I don't know what the next thing will be. I think about it all the time. Just like, will there be another app or like more, you know, what, what will it be? And I'm not that person to know the answer. (laughs) I think about it a lot though. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree with you. I, I feel like I keep hearing that as well. I mean, I've told you my, I've told you my struggles with Instagram, you know, this already, but Yeah, but I, I'm seeing, 
I think you're right in the realness aspect. I think that, you know, people are actually starting to see influencers as advertisers, which I mean, of course, that's how they make their income, you know, is in their endorsements, you know, it's in their product reviews, it's in things like that. But I, I do, I do agree with you that there is a, there is a realness that people are searching for, you know, and even on Facebook and Instagram, it does feel a little bit ad heavy. So whatever that new platform that is coming, I agree with you. I do think it's, it's on its way. Yeah, for sure. And the other thing too, is that I even catch myself because I'll be on my Instagram and I'm excited about my mastermind that's opening up or that I will be having the podcast eventually. And I'm excited talking about these things, but that's still selling, you know? So I try to reel it in and show more of just me so that they want to be around when I do have something to offer. And I catch myself because I'm excited, but I know that's not what my audience is looking for, you know? So it's like a fine balance. Yeah, 100%. Tell me a little bit about some of the things that you're kind of obsessed with on social media, whether that's an app or a preset. Tell me like what your favorite things are. Mm, Okay. Well, I love presets. I like, I don't even know. (laughs) I I named it Bluey Bright on on my (laughs) Lightroom. So I love that. Um, That's not what it's called. And I like there's a like dreamy blogger zero one. (laughs) Um, Those are my favorites. But I am obsessed with fashion bloggers. I love like watching them on Instagram or on their blogs or like to know it. I'm like totally obsessed with that because I don't have time to like go shop like I used to or just I don't do it anymore. And so I I am totally obsessed with the fashion bloggers and how they put stuff together. I love fashion and clothes and all that. So that's like when I'm online for fun, kind of what I do. And I still, I love Pinterest. Oh, yeah. Like inspiration, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm kind of the same way. I love, I love the fashion bloggers. I love, I still use Pinterest. I mean, I use Pinterest because I don't know how to cook. So (laughs) it saves my life. But yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I think those are great. I love, I love that you named your preset. What'd you call it? Bluey? Bluey light? Blue, right? Yeah, I felt like blue. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Because it's not really blue. It's like bluey. Oh, I love that. I, I think that's amazing. I mean, tell me a little bit about you know, this influencer personal brand trend that you're seeing, because I love talking about it because obviously it's called under the influence podcast. And we do discuss the level of influence that has an impact over our businesses and brands. Tell me what you think about, you know, influencers and things like that. Well, so I think that there are good influencers and bad influencers, just like when you're a kid and your mom's like, you are who you hang out with or whatever. That's real on the internet too. And there are people that will, and I, I mean, I just am too full of like, it's just black and white and it's either right or it's wrong. And I don't like the people that are like, you'll drink this tea and get skinny overnight. It's like, no, that's not good. And you know full well with your whole heart that that is not going to work. And you're just going to sit there and take their money. And like, to me, that's a bad person. But I mean, it's just, it's unethical in my opinion, but I think that there's the power to like really help people and like the good influencers out there that stand behind stuff that they really love and that they really believe in or that they actually use. Like to me, that's huge. And that's great for companies and great for consumers because, and also great for the influencer, but it gets products that maybe wouldn't have had a chance out in front of the masses or something like there's this big movement obviously towards like natural beauty and I don't think that we could have that without influencers just because the power of media like traditional media wouldn't go for it 
because of too much stuff and I won't get on that soapbox. But like, there's, I think that that's really kind of amazing that these small brands have a chance if they can find an influencer where the target markets line up and everything like coalesces really nicely. And so I love the possibility of having an influencer that does things right. And that, and that would help a business. I mean, I think that's super cool. I love that too. And I think you're so right. I think that there's, there's some out there that do it so well and that have such an authenticity behind it as well as like really like, you know, like you said, like showcasing products that might not get a specific, you know, light or they're showcasing a product without even being sponsored because they love that product and they know that, you know, it's going to align well with their community. I think that's super well. I mean, I see that. I think that's super amazing. And I also do too think that like, you know, it's funny, you see a post from a fashion blogger that's been maybe showcasing, you know, a brand for the last three months because she adores it and she loves wearing it and she really has a feeling for it. And then you see something like a Kardashian Kylie Jenner post about, you know, the fit me tea or whatever. And you're like, you know, which product is really going to hit well. And I, it's funny too, because even I, you have to wonder too, when you look at something like a Kardashian post with that level of mass exposure, you know, right. is that still working the way it used to work? I mean, I, one of our greatest case studies that we reference when we're teaching our team and we're training our team is like the Jennifer Aniston, you know, kind of thing. You know, you, you love Jennifer Aniston, you see Jennifer Aniston. And back in the day, if Jennifer Aniston would talk about Avino skincare, you would probably go out and buy it. But nowadays you're so jaded to that sort of thing and these celebrity endorsements that you're not necessarily prone to buying a vino as much as you would be is if your favorite blogger that might be sitting anywhere from 5k to 10k talks about, you know, a drunk elephant product or talks about, you know, a rosehip oil that she bought off Amazon and subscribes to. Like it's just such a different world nowadays and so it's so impactful in in these different kind of avenues that we're seeing. Right. Well, and too, I guess that all goes back to the authenticity, right? Because I don't think you trust Kim K or Jennifer Aniston as much as you do the blogger because you know, even though you know they're both making money, the mm-hmm. blogger seems like someone that would be more like you. Yeah. So it's like 100%. So it's interesting because I didn't even know that Kim K sold that tea. I've just seen like so many things and it, but it, it irks me. My favorite one right so. now they're doing is like, it's this like luxury giveaway like company. And I think mm. Chloe and Kylie Jenner did it, but they're like, they're sitting on a G wagon and there's mm. like, I'm not kidding, probably about 10 Louis Vuitton bags. And okay. literally the caption is like, go follow this account and win- have a chance at winning all of these bags. And it's like a legit account and you like go follow it and it's literally like them posting. Like it's actually, it's not spam. It's them posting. And that's like their endorsement. And you know, like their minimum for like any post I think is like somewhere in the $500,000 mark. And so it's like, yeah. And it's, so it's like, does that really work though? Like I want to, I want to know what the numbers are. I want to know what that conversion rate really is at this point. Well, or what's the point for that luxury giveaway company? Because what's, how are they going to make money? Are they going to switch that account into something else and then spam you with some other whack product? Like, I don't know what the like long term is for that company, why they would spend that money. doesn't make sense to me. Well, and that's exactly how we think about it as a business owner, right? Like, what is that return rate going to look like? Because yeah, you know what? You got it in with the Kardashians, you paid an arm and a leg, but are you ultimately, is your business going to be successful off that advertising or that endorsement? 
Right. I yeah. Maybe they did it to open a door. I that stuff boggles my mind. Yeah. I mean, great brand awareness, but <laughs> right. <laughs> totally. <laughs> So, I mean, Lex, I feel like you just have such a really awesome business brain. And I love, you know, I told you, I love talking with you about business and I love everything that you have to offer, especially the fact that you're really moving in with this, you know, beauty business coaching and, you know, really kind of owning and dominating the beauty industry market, being a business owner. So tell me a little bit about, you know, I love talking about how influence kind of impacts our community and how, you know, businesses can be a better steward of our community. What ways do you feel like your business is impacting your community? So origin, I think like, well, twofold. So the salon, when I opened the salon, I had like this full vision on people coming to the salon and having this community and being comfortable. And now 13 years later, we totally embody that. Our customers tell us every time they come through the door, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, but I've seen it change across salons in San Diego too. And I don't know if that's just that it was really necessary or that we just slowly started like people were talking about it and it was kind of growing in that, in that direction. And we did it and, and it worked. Right. And, and I think that the same thing goes for my coaching business in that I hope to influence these gals that I work with and some guys too. Like, it's just that I mostly work with women that they that there's possibility for them beyond just like a root touch up and a highlight and maybe throwing somebody's extensions in like they get to have whatever life that they want to have because of this like badass job that we have that's so fun if you take it seriously and so i'm hope, hoping that i can push that on people a little bit whether they work with me or not because there is that possibility and people if you put your head down you can pretty much work for anything if you keep going at it long enough, right? So that's kind of like what I'm hopeful that my, I'll create that community again with that mindset, hopefully. And, and that, you know, I'll make a, an impact that way, but ultimately it'll be the people doing it for themselves. It's just that, that push that I think so many people, not just in the beauty industry, but across the board, we all need that to believe in ourselves a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, I love that. And I love, I think that's such a good point. You know, I, 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 I just love that you want to work with women and that you, you see this alignment from where you've been to where you are now and the ways in which you can help others because there's such a helping aspect to what you're doing that is really, really powerful. And it's just awesome to kind of hear that and to see that too. And I think, you know, right now we're in this industry where there's so many kind of coaches popping up, but to hear somebody talk about, you know, this new level of training and consulting and coaching from 13 years of experience in the industry of doing literally what these girls are doing is a breath of fresh air. You know, it's not just somebody coming out and being like, let me teach you how to run social media. It's not just somebody coming out and being like, let me help you grow your followers and help you with branding and things like that. It's literally you being like, look, I've, I've gone through it all. I've had 13 years under my belt and now I'm going to take it a step further and I'm going to teach you. I'm going to teach you, you know, in multiple different industries rather than just, you know, your staff within your own wheel well. I think that's such an awesome thing. And what you're doing is so cool and so great. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, it is definitely like I'm not the norm when I go to like networking events or just even any kind of beauty professional event or something. It's nobody's been doing it as long as I have, which is a good thing and sort of a, like anomaly because people say like, 
well, how old is she? And like, they almost don't trust me because of that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but once, once we have a conversation, then they're all in because I really do have that experience. And I try to, you know, I'm not like a bragger or whatever. That's weird. But to try and just share that my expertise is really, it, it's proven the putting of the time in. And some things you just can't buy, right? Like you have to experience some things in order to be able to, to re- reiterate it. For sure. No, definitely. I think, I think you're, I think 100%. So let's go ahead and dive into, this is my favorite part and I'm excited to hear your answers because I know that they're going to be great. Go ahead and dive into some rapid fire. fire. So just say whatever comes to mind first and yeah, we'll go from there. What is your favorite Instagram to stalk? Oh, Loverly Gray or Dress Up Buttercup. They're both fashion. Ooh, I love that. I like the dress up buttercup name. That sounds fun. I'll have to check her out. Yeah. yeah they're both in the South, so it feels very foreign. <laughs> I love that. What about your go-to self-love or wellness practice? Mm, oh my gosh. I love those cheap Asian foot massages. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like yeah. where it's 20 bucks for an hour and your feet go in the hot water. I freaking love that. Oh, that's so nice. That's such a good self-love practice, Lexi. <laughs> yeah. And also it's so shady. Like I took my friends once and I took my mom another time and they, neither group were like, you come, they, they thought you like, you don't actually go there. And I'm like, yeah. And I love it. <laughs> You're like, actually, this is perfect for me. So it's, it's fine. Shady and great. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. What about your go-to cocktail? Mm, I love a Paloma. So tequila and grapefruit with a splash of sparkling water is my jam. That's amazing. I love that too. That's, I mean, I like anything with tequila, so it's perfect. Yeah, uh, me too. I was going to say like, well, I just like tequila, but I also, <laughs> I'm like kind of a wine snob. So there's <sighs> that, but I mean, if it's cocktail, it's definitely a Paloma. Yeah, I feel ya. I love, I know I'm a, I'm a fan of, a, I'm a fan of a good red. I can't deny it. Yes. All day. All day. <laughs> <laughs> What about your favorite reality TV show? Oh, okay. So I don't watch a whole lot of TV and I don't know like what's going on with the Kardashians or the, like, literally I probably couldn't even like put their name under all their faces. And so my favorite reality TV show is Kids Baking Championship. (laughs) You're lying. (laughs) I'm not lying because literally in our house, we either watch like the news, which is boring and scary or Food Network or the Golf Channel. And so like, that's really the only reality TV show I watch, but the kids are freaking hysterical and beyond talented. Like, I don't know how to make a cookie without a recipe. Oh my God. (laughs) That is the best thing that I've heard all day. I love that you watch that. I feel like I need to watch that now too. (laughs) It's like such a, just like check out and they, the kids are funny. Like they say stuff and we laugh. And so it's like a total thing in our house. Oh, that's amazing. What about some of your favorite podcasts that you're listening to right now? Oh, I like Happier from Gretchen Rubin. And this morning I was listening to Julie Solomon. Hmm. I have been really not listening to a ton of podcasts right now and doing more audible and like pounding books. So yeah, I haven't been podcasting like too, too much because I I go in a phase, like I want to finish a book or I want to do podcasts. So this week I'm back on podcasts. Oh, I love that. What books are you reading right now or that you had just finished? 
I just read one called Profit First. Really interesting. All about like how to put your, like how to take care of your money more specifically, like in your business and take your profit first rather than like just having the profit be the last thing left. Whatever's left over is what you get. Oh, I don't know. That's probably the most, most recent one. I I read, uh, you're a badass at making money. That was all right. Yeah. Interesting. How is that book? Cause I know it, what's, what's the first one? It's like, you're, you're just a badass or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I mean, like she's very, depends on if you like how she writes, but it's, it's very forward. And also it's like a kick in the pants with a hug kind of. (laughs) A kick in the pants with a hug. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and she's kind of sassy and I'm not sure. It was all right though. That's going to be the name of this episode. I hope you know that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm not joking. (laughs) So awesome. Okay. What about your favorite business owner? Oh man. I, gosh, so many, I should say my husband, right? But that's silly. Um, (laughs) I really love like Shaleen Johnson. I don't know. She has kind of like a lifestyle brand and a, like they have this thing called the one through one method, which is really cool. And she's just very like heart centered in her business. And I appreciate that. Oh, I love that. I think yeah. that's super, like she puts her awesome. family first and all sorts of stuff. It's I, I don't know. She's pretty transparent, and I like that as well. What was her name again? Shalene Johnson. Shalene Johnson. I'm gonna look her up too. Wow, you provided some like really good people and books and things. Um, Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Well, cool, Lexi. You've literally been such a fun guest. I love chatting with you. I mean, I already love chatting with you, but I know this this has been a really awesome episode because of your value and just your your business mind that kind of came to the top and just how the way that you speak and the way that you kind of give advice and talk about the value behind business. I, I really admire it and I love it. We're going to go ahead and end on this last question. So in your own words, what does influence mean to you? Mm, Having a positive effect on others, I think. And I want to say positive because like, I don't want people to use influence for a negative way. Oh, I love that. And I think that's such a good, good point to end on. Be positive, influence people the right way. Don't just take their money and endorse them with skinny fit tea. (laughs) Yeah. Also stay away from a kick in the pants with a hug. (laughs) Totally. I mean, maybe that's what you need. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe you do need that. Who knows? It's all, it's all up to you. Okay. Well, Lexi, thank you so much again for your time and coming on. It was a joy to have you. All right. Thanks, Wit.